0: We we, we've just started January and we're just looking at the series and and just uh, and we've entitled it new things. Uh, You know, God always wants to do, I believe, a new thing. As I've said, He Himself changes not, but He's the God of change because He knows that His people continually need to be. Some things need to be progressive, moving forward, changing in our lives, Um, and that leads us to the question of you know New Year's resolutions and making decisions like that and. And what we're going to do. And, and sometimes I steer away from them. But, you know, in my heart, I kind of put things in place and say, well, I want to do this this year. Uh, one of my, new, before the end of last year, uh, I, had a, I had a wonderful thought. I just wanted to lose a bit of weight. And uh, I accomplished that. And so my New Year's resolution, I suppose, this year was keep it off. Uh, which isn't easy over Christmas, is it? Um, and uh, so uh, I've kind of um, accomplished that so far so far. Uh, And I won't ask for hands this morning who has that New Year's resolution. There's always one in the back of it. We could always, I've never known anybody to say my New Year's resolution is I want to put on weight. Uh, It's usually take it off, isn't it? Oh, you want to put on weight? Yeah, oh, fantastic. (laughs) Uh, And so uh, it's a bit problematic for me this morning because I I forgot to wear my belt. So don't worry, nothing will fall down. But, uh, you know, when you lose a little bit of weight, you kind of, always pulling things up. Uh, so uh, that's good. Okay, you are all there this morning? Okay, so I want to, in, in the light of that, our key passage or, or, or verse, I, I won't, uh, I'll just read it to you quickly. It's not the one I want to preach from today, but Isaiah 43:19 says, for I'm about to do something new. It's always, see, he says, I've already begun. Do you not see it? Often, often when God's doing something, it's a matter of us joining Him. It's getting on board with God because He's already wanting to start something but we or started it. But it's often that we don't see it or we don't perceive it or we can't grasp it. Uh, maybe because we're distracted by things or maybe because everything else is breaking loose in our life and we just need to see something fresh He wants to do. And so uh, uh, through the prophet Isaiah, God says, see, I want to do something new. I've already begun it. Do you not see it? I'll make a pathway through the wilderness. I'll create rivers in the dry wasteland. But uh, in the light of that, I want to read Psalm 149 and verses 1 to 6 this morning. And it just says in Psalm 149 this. uh, This is a psalm uh, that is actually one of uh, five particular psalms, Psalm 146 to 150, the last five psalms of the of the of, the, um, of the 150 Psalms. And it's interesting because the Psalms uh, always start with praise the Lord and they always end with praise the Lord. If you read those five Psalms, that's what you'll find. They'll start with praise the Lord and end with praise the Lord. Another word for praise the Lord in Hebrew is hallelujah. So they call them the hallelujah Psalms. Um, so let me read it to you. Uh, we don't know the actual author of this one, but Psalm 149, it says, praise the Lord. Sing to the Lord a new song and His praise in the assembly of saints. Let Israel rejoice in their maker. Let the children of Zion be f- joyful in their king. Let them praise His name with the dance. Let them sing praises to Him with the timbre and harp. For the Lord takes pleasure in His people. He will beautify the humble with salvation. Let the saints be joyful in glory. Let them sing aloud on their beds. Let the high praises of God beware. where. Oh, thank you. Uh, in their what? Are you there? This one in their mouth, and then it talks, it goes on and it changes kind of course with the psalm and um, a two edged sword in the hand. And it goes on to talk about uh, justice and things like that. But I wanted to bring to your attention these first six verses. As I said, uh, it's one of five particular verses that are called uh, that end, uh, start with praise the Lord, end with praise the Lord. Did you know the Jewish people, even to this day, to some extent? use these psalms as the first light breaks in the morning. They'll get up and they'll recite this or sing these psalms or declare these psalms over their life, and they give um, praise and declaration of praise to God. And they'll use either all of them or a portion of them to praise God with. Uh, and uh, the Jewish people, in some cases, still do that today. Uh, pretty, uh, I, I think that's a great idea because when you think about it, it's a bit like waking up in the morning and the first thing you do is a little bit of exercise or you might eat a healthy breakfast, and it's like it kickstarts your well-being, your physical well-being, doesn't it, when you do a couple things like that. Uh, uh, you know, the same thing is, the reality is, is when you uh, wake in the morning, and the, and the, as the Jewish people do, and they start to sing these psalms, or they start to recite these words, uh, sometimes when you give praise to God as the first thing in the morning, uh, and you know what? It kind of kickstarts your spiritual well-being. It starts to do something within your heart. It can set the tone for the day when you start to just praise. Uh, The uh, title of my message today is The New Thing, Praise the Lord. Uh, Because for for some of us, this may be uh, just a new thing. What, actually verbalizing our praise? Giving God praise? And and doing it in the morning? Now, I'm not saying when you should, but I, I love the tradition of the Jewish people. I think it's powerful to do that. In actual fact, King David, when he was the king, he, he had the whole tribe. Uh, there was 12 tribes in the whole nation of Israel. One of those tribes was the Levite tribe. And he got the Levite tribe, and he would come and bring them, and he'd ask them, the young men, 20 and older, a certain part of the Levite tribe, he'd say, every morning as the sun breaks in the morning and the sun rises, I want you to sing praises to our God. Uh, Chronicles actually says that, 2330. It says this, to stand every morning to thank and praise the Lord And then it says, likewise at evening. And so we see uh, that the tradition David made it, that there would be somebody praising God in the morning, someone would be praising God in the evening. And, you know, so what that means is it doesn't matter what happens between the morning and the evening, how bad the the day goes or how good the day goes, we should always start, I think, and finish with giving God praise. I think that would be a good resolution. No matter what happens between the morning and the evening, uh, and sometimes some pretty major things can happen in life, uh, there's always an opportunity to start and to finish. It'll set the tone of your day, and when you do it in the evening, it'll set the tone of your sleep. Sometimes you get better sleep, simply because you haven't focused upon all the problems, uh, but you've just given focus to the one who's the problem solver, the one who's greater. And so I want to talk to you about praise as the new thing. I want to see, I want to encourage you today in regards to what comes out of our mouth and praise today. because. Uh, and I just want to share with you, here's the first thing. Verse 1 says this, from what we read in Psalm 149, Sing to the Lord a new song, we're in the assembly of people. And then in verse 5 it says, um, it doesn't say where, but I'm stating that where do they say it? They say in the assembly of people, in the congregation. And then in verse five, it says, "Let them sing aloud on their where? on their beds." I love that. And so, notice this: it says whether you're in church or by yourself, praise Him. Whether wherever you may be, it doesn't say praise God all who feel like it today. It doesn't say praise God if you had a good, uh, if you've had a good week. It doesn't even say praise God if you feel comfortable. Uh, It just says, come on, uh, come on, sing wherever and whenever. And it might not be singing, but you might think, well, I haven't got a great singing voice. It doesn't matter because the reality is it's not determined by how good a singer you are. It's determined by your heart's desire just to simply praise Him. Simply praise Him wherever and whenever. And so my first point is simply this, praise is a priority, folks. Praise is a priority and, th- and that's why it says in Psalm 150 verse 6 let everything that has breath praise the Lord. everything has breath. Um, uh, do you feel that breath this morning whether you have a mask on or have a mask off do you feel that breath? if you've got a mask on you're probably breathing in your carbon dioxide right now so don't fall asleep but uh, c- but if you have it that's cool. but the truth is is that's your breath that's the breath. And so if you've got breath this morning, it's talking about you're supposed to praise the Lord. Our job is to praise the Lord. It's one of the the reasons we've actually been placed upon the face of the earth, to give Him praise. Because God knows, it's not like God needs it, it's just that it does incredible good things in our life when we do. Um, So when we sing, uh, we have to use our breath to some extent. And it doesn't say everyone who has arms praise the Lord, even though that's good. It doesn't say everyone who's got legs praise the Lord, because the truth is that some people haven't got arms and legs. Not too many, but no here this morning. It doesn't say everybody can hear praise the Lord or see praise the Lord, because sometimes there's people who can't hear or see. But it says, you know, the one thing that's common denominator amongst all of us. Even if you haven't got a, a voice, some people can't speak, but the truth is you still got breath. So, uh, so the one thing that's a common denominator, uh, one thing that doesn't excuse us from praising God is that we've all got breath. And we could give him, he could push something of air out there in a way that would praise him. I, I, I realized that God said in Genesis chapter 2, when he brought men and women into being, he, he had a physical body in front of them, but he breathed life into them. And when he breathed life into them, they became alive. So they just didn't have life, now they, they came alive because he breathed his breath into them, it says. His breath, And I love the the reality is that now God says the same breath that I gave you, I want you to give it back to me in praise. The same thing that brought life to you, don't you realize when you breathe it out, when you sing it out or whether you speak it out or whether you declare the praises to me, it's going to bring life still again to you. Because the first time at Genesis it brought life, and when you praise Him today, tomorrow, next week, and the rest of your life, it'll bring life continually. the, The breath of God is life to us. And he wants to bring life because it does something when we praise. Just as he gave us breath, um, that meant life for us. One of the greatest esp- expressions that we are not just living, because, you know, you, there's a lot of people just living. But I'm talking about having life. The greatest expressions of that is praise. And because of praise, it refocuses our affections. And so we d- we. We get, get distracted by certain things or this and that in the world. And praise sometimes just draws us back to where our affection should really be on Him. You know, it realigns our priorities. It restores our soul. It just does things as we give Him praise. So praise helps us to see the things that God wants to do in our life, the change, the new things. It's a priority. Um, in Psalm 149, verse 3, it says, let them praise His name with the dance. And then it says, let them sing praises to Him with the temple and the harp. And the common word there is the word let. Let them praise His name. Let them sing. And if you were to count the number of times the word let is used in these first six verses of Psalm 149, you'll see it six times. Uh, sorry, seven times in six verses. And when the word let in a biblical text what it means, when it appears in Scripture, it means to allow. And so th- the psalmist is literally saying, um, you know, through the psalmist goes saying, "Yeah, I, wa- I want you to be allowed. I- I'm making a way for you to praise me. It's through your breath. But if, if we went a little deeper with the word let, it literally means this. Um, it's, it means this. It implies there should be no obstacles of praise. No obstacles to you praising Him. And you can say, just wait a second, got a lot of things that stop me from praising God. But I want to encourage you today, because the psalmist is saying, let the people praise. Therefore, they're saying, let there be nothing that stops you from praise. Don't let feelings, don't let pain, don't let hurt, don't let frustrations be the obstacle to you wanting to praise because if you waited for a feeling to praise God, we would maybe never praise him. If you waited for an obstacle free life to praise him, you maybe would never praise him. I was uh, um, uh, this week I was uh, frustrated on Thursday afternoon um, uh, there was I had many things to do on Thursday, but the one thing I wanted to make sure is is that uh, our uh, data. Our computer over there for the da- the words on the screen was uh, happening and going well, and and so thankfully uh, we just replaced um, the, the screen and uh, keyboard and and mouse. I didn't do that; um, someone else did that. Uh, but I just wanted to check it, so I came out here on Thursday afternoon and I turned it on. and And um, this the mouse; it was a Bluetooth mouse, and it wasn't responding well on the screen. And so I changed the table over so that it was a better surface for the Bluetooth mouse. If you Don't get confused with that. But anyway, it just worked better with the table I put there. But um, before I changed the table, I turned the computer on just to check it and make sure it was working. It was working. I turned it off, and then I uh, changed the table over and uh, I thought, I better check it again. I went to turn the computer on. It didn't work. I thought, oh, fine. I've got things to do. I haven't got time for this. But, And I, I checked all the cables. Did I pull something out when I moved it? What did I do? And I checked it again. I double-checked it. I triple-checked it. I quadruple-checked it. And still the computer, the button wasn't working. And then I realized the problem was the button on the computer because the button on the computer was somehow broken, and I'd broken it. And I thought, that's frustrating. And there was a lot of things I was thinking right at that moment. But, you know, I thought, um the reality is uh i got to preach a message on praise the lord <laughs> so i said i said to myself god i just praise you <laughs> i just praise you And I thank you. I want this fixed now before I go home. That's obviously not going to happen, but I praise you anyway. I've broken it. No one else has broken it. No one else I can blame. It's my problem, God. I I just praise you anyway. I praise you. And then this wonderful idea came through in my mind. Call a friend. Because I'm not going to fix it. I haven't got the ability or the time. So I rang my great man, Tristan. And Tristan, who's in computer IT and all things like that, he said, no problem. I'll be down tonight. I'll fix it for you. And uh, we, c- we communicated at about, sorry about the time I communicated with you. Half past 10, was it? Yeah. A- and I texted him. I thought, oh, you know, see if he's awake. And he said, yeah, it's all fixed. I went, hallelujah. You know, I want to say if it was just a broken button on a computer that all we had every week of our lives, it really wouldn't be a problem. Would you agree? But the truth is that sometimes you're frustrated, not just over those little things, but over some pretty major events happening in your life every week. Some of the struggles, some of the pain, some of the hurts that continue to confront you and stand in your face and yell at you. And you know what? You need to yell back and say, praise the Lord anyway. Because I tell you what, it doesn't necessarily change the circumstances, but it shifts the attitude and the feelings that you have sometimes to see the possibilities. Praise. Praise. So have I told you what my second point of praise is? Praise is powerful. If praise is a priority, praise is powerful. And I know that after I'd kind of settled, give some praise to God on Thursday afternoon, and, and I thought, i got an idea. Just ring the guy who knows how to do these things. And, I was, and it was so nice to hear Tristan say, not a problem. I'll be down about seven to nine. I thought, oh, Eddie did it. He just did it. And I think, you know, sometimes when we praise, give the things to God, it, God just does it. He just, he, he's so good at just doing things and fixing things and sorting things. But it's, it starts, doesn't it? It starts with us. Praise is an incredibly powerful tool. And uh, praise, um, praise always will want to lift you up and cause you to be thankful. Uh, And when you do, it can bring breakthrough in here. Not necessarily change the circuit, but brings breakthrough in here, which helps us to understand something, church, this morning. We can praise God when we see something good happen, but why wait for a good thing to happen before you praise Him? Praise doesn't begin with a breakthrough, church, sometimes. And understand we need to praise Him because of the breakthrough, but praise Him... It doesn't begin with it. It doesn't pr- begin with a, a good day or a happy feeling. Praise begins when we decide to praise Him. When we decide. You see, when I'm down, He's still the most high. When, when I'm in the dark doldrums, He's still the light of the world. And I'm so glad about that, church. I'm so thankful but because I need something bigger than me to hang on to. And, and, and as you're well aware, most of us would be aware, the Word of God says, Oh, magnify, David says, magnify the Lord with me, let us exalt His name together. And as I've said numerous times, magnify makes, means to make bigger. And if I, what do I need to make God bigger for? Because sometimes your problem is bigger than God, you think. But when you praise Him, uh, He becomes bigger than the problem. He becomes the one you can stand on. I, uh, I love verse 2 and 3 of this psalm. It says, Let Israel rejoice in their maker. In actual fact, let me just go back and just, just give you a quick uh, verse, sorry, a verse uh, before that. Isaiah 61 verse 3, you'd be familiar with it, but it says, Put on the garment of praise instead of the spirit of what? Heaviness, hey. There's a song we used to sing along those lines. Put on the garment of praise. So the Bible gives us a key uh, to living well in the midst of heaviness and pain and hurt. It gives us the truth. It says, praise is like a garment, a coat, or a jacket. And every morning, this morning, we would have went to the cupboard and we would have chosen a shirt or a dress or whatever we would have chosen you chose a white shirt with blue stripes or a bl- blue shirt with white stripes or a yellow shirt with pink dots or a pink dress with yellow dots i know that that's not professional, um, but anyway for the sake of the uh, y- you put it on uh, and it's interesting because we'll put on certain you know you don't go to work without clothes on you don't go to sh- school you don't come to church without clothes on, you put them on because of modesty and you want to feel warm or you want to feel cool or whatever it may be you put things on and sometimes we put certain clothes on for certain occasions we put um, wedding clothes on for weddings we put work clothes on for work we we so we put put it on I think we've got to the point very clearly here is the thing is we if we don't put it on uh, the truth is we don't receive the benefit uh, we put a hat on to save us from the sun. You know, we, we, you don't receive the benefits. the same with the garment of praise. You keep it in a cupboard and admire the garment of praise, or you can put it on and use the garment of praise. And, and it's your decision. It's not depending on how you feel or don't feel. It's your decision to do that. There's a lot of things in life that you just decide, I'm going to do them anyway, no matter what the circumstances, because it's important to do it. And one of the, the most powerful things that you can make a decision about is just to give God praise, whatever the circumstances may be. Um, God gives us the garment of praise to replace something. He wants to do a, a replacement in our life. and that repla- He wants to replace the spirit of heaviness. He wants to replace the spirit of struggle, to replace the spirit of frustration, of anger, of grief, whatever it may be. See, the garment of praise comes first, and then the spirit of heaviness then leaves. You say, no, 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 God, just take the spirit of heaviness. No, no, He says, would you just do something first? So many people say, well, I feel so down, I feel so heavy, I can't praise Please understand that praise doesn't begin with the feeling. It begins with the act of the will. You open your mouth and you start to praise Him. It's amazing in the midst of that transition from gritted teeth of praise to openness and such a sense of uh, the burden's lighter when we praise Him. When we truly praise Him and give Him focus, it's an act of our will. When I got married, someone said to me, Um, love is not a feeling it's an act of my will and I thought oh no when you first get married that first year it's all about the feeling (laughs) it feels good (laughs) Uh, and then the second year the feeling started you know wasn't as strong the in fact I thought what's happening here and they soon worked out that what the person was saying when I got married was true it's actually getting up the fact that I haven't got the feeling doesn't mean I don't love my wife anymore you know, the fact that I don't feel like I want to praise doesn't mean I shouldn't. So praise. Praise is a priority. Praise is powerful. Verse 2 and 3 of the Psalm 149. Let praise, let Israel rejoice in their maker. Let the, pra- the children of Zion be joyful in their king. Let them praise his name with the dance. Let them sing praises to him with the temple and the harp. So can you see here, to praise, we use our voice, I because un- it says sing, we use our feet, sometimes to dance, we can use our fingers to play an instrument, like harps, we can use our hands to clap or beat the timbre, so hands, mouth, feet, fingers, praise is something praise is a whole body experience where possible i know that we can't all possibly sometimes do those things you can't (laughs) jump around like a 20 year old if you you know i I understand that but i want to say it's it's something that praise is a whole body experience where possible and then we work down from the you know all those things hands feet mouth um uh voice we all can if we can use all of them great but then we work down uh, okay what's what's not working yeah legs okay i can't do that But I I want us to understand praise, if it's a priority and praise is powerful, then praise is you participating. It's you participating. Um, Psalm 47 verse 1 says, Clap your hands all you people, shout unto God with the voice of what? Triumph. It's getting your body involved in praising Him. So whatever capacity that may be, if it's your voice, go for it. If it's your hands, praise him. If it's clapping, give him, uh, you know, give him what you can. So, because really, praise is not something that you can just do in your head. I'll just praise him. No, praise is fairly vocal, and it says as we sing this morning, shout unto God, shout. I want to encourage us as the um, as the team come back. On stage this morning. During my Christmas break, I went to um. I went to the to uh, what's called the Gabba. It's Gabba suburb of Brisbane, and the Gabba is. I went to watch a game. It's a stadium. They call it. They nicknamed it the Gabba, and uh, I watched a cr- cricket game with my brother and my uh, son-in-law, and a couple of his children, and we watched a, a, a cricket team called the Brisbane Heat. Um and uh they're simply my team because uh I'm live in Queensland and that's the only team that l- are a Queensland team and so I support them and they were playing the Perth Scorchers from Western Australia and it's amazing how when my team, the Brisbane Heat, hit a four or a six, I just there's a natural inclination just to go, Yes Um to express something verbally out to vocalize it and it was really easy because if you you looked around you uh there was a lot of queensland supporters there brisbane heat supporters and so they were doing the same things and in actual fact they thought this would make for a great church service uh because there were people when brisbane heat scored a four or they scored a six or they and when we were fielding and bowling when we got perf scorches out there was this great roar and people would stand up and clap and raise their heads and shout and do a little dance even and holler and carry on and i thought this is a great church service and so but it challenged me because i thought we could be so willing and so passionate to uplift our team but struggled to uplift our praise to god and he's far better than the Brisbane Heat. In actual fact, most of the teams in Australia are better than the Brisbane Heat. Because <laughs> they come second last on the ladder. But anyway, we will, we will, be, we will continue to support them from a distance. Um, but we can get passionate, can't we, about other things. But what about the incredible God? Because the passion that we have for God to give him praise, just... It's just, it's just not filling God's, you know, God's not some egotistical um, God that just needs us to build Him up. God is always built up. God's always lifted up. God's always positive. He's, but it does something in us He knows when we praise the, the Creator of our lives, when we give Him praise, when we appreciate Him. And I've discovered that if you're to appreciate something, you should verbalize that. And gentlemen, this morning, if your wife gets a new haircut or gets a new dress or just does herself up a little bit, instead of just thinking she looks beautiful, why don't you verbalize, oh, honey, you look really beautiful today. Because I've discovered that I've never really appreciate her beauty until I verbalize it, and she never receives it until and appreciates what I'm saying until I verbalize it. So we both delight in it when we actually verbalize it. And I've noticed that, you know, the truth is I can think, oh, God's in my head. God's good. But you know what? It takes sometimes an act of speaking with our mouth because in this tongue here, there's power, there's life and death in it. And we need to speak because in doing it, it actually brings about that blessing and not just thinking it. To receive the full benefits of praise, we have to express our appreciation of the object or person who we are praising we have to participate in praise church we have to realize it's profitable uh, it's it, it's not just profitable but it's a priority and it's powerful but we need to participate in it as well there was a gentleman called william Sengster, and after the second world war he was instrumental in the revival of, and people many people coming to jesus christ across the british isles ireland and britain um, th- literally thousands and thousands of people he was instrumental in his preaching and his spearheading, that renewal movement in the British Isles. And in 1950, our dear brother began to notice that his legs began to drag and his voice became weaker. He went to the doctor and found out that he had a disease that caused his muscles and his body to slowly waste away. Um, If I was really clever, I'd be able to tell you that terminology, but I struggled to pronounce it. I know some of you know it very well, where your muscles fade away. But he never faded in his fervency for God. His passion for God remained strong. And finally, the disease paralyzed his body, including his vocal cords. And on the last Sunday he spent on earth, he wrote this message to the people in the church. As they, put, they brought him into church in a wheelchair, he sat in the front row and he wrote this message. Totally paralyzed, totally unable to speak. He says, how terrible to wake up each morning and have no voice to shout the praises of God. But far worse is to have voice and never shout at all. So let's stand today. And the last, fir- the first song, the last song we want to sing is the first one we sing today. So could we actually sing that one? Is that cool? Sorry to change the plan. But we stand today. And would we, for this last um, moments that we have, just give God incredible praise. Give Him honor. Give Him all that He deserves. He's... He's a God that just longs for connection with you. He's a God that loves, and loves His people. He didn't create you to keep you at a distance. He wants to. He created you to be with you, by His presence through the Holy Spirit. Here today, He can. So, uh, team, can let's do, let's do that one. Hey, thank you, Joel. That's it. Come on, whatever it takes. Why don't you just take one little step? If it's just clapping, you've never clapped before. Why not clap? If you've never just lifted your feet, why don't you just lift your feet? If it's never singing, why don't you sing today? Hey, come on. Woo. Father, we praise you. When I'm in the roughest water, I won't go under, I won't drown. And when I'm in, over to nothing. Come on, I know! I know that, that you are always up to something good. Yes, he is! Thank you, Lord. I know that you are always up to something good. Come on. you make a way when there was no way. Yeah, you make a way. Slow. Oh, we been through the deepest valley. You go before me. You are here. For I know you'll never leave me. Your love surrounds me. I not when I'm broken. Oh, when, when, when I'm, I'm broken, broken and down to nothing.